Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. There is a huge amount to get through this week. We crown a new king, well, an old king, but uh, uh, in Formula One, there's W Series, there's a bit of an FIA meltdown, to say the very least. Uh, BTCC crown a new champion, uh, World Superbike, NASCAR, uh, but we've got to start with the death of uh, the passing of two very, um, uh, well, the very sad passing of, of uh, um, Phil Reed and uh, Chrissy Rouse. Two, two extremes of the motorbiking community, you know, sadly, you know, well, Phil Reed passed away, what, age 83, you know, yep. so uh, had a great life, you know, he won seven world championships, he was the first rider to win all three titles in one year, because in those days, in the 60s, when he was riding, you know, they did 125cc, 250 and 500, all in the same weekend, it's like a rider now doing Moto3, Moto2, MotoGP, all in the same weekend, Um Sad, sad with Phil Reed, it was a bit of a controversial character towards the end of his career because he was one of the first to lead uh, a ban on the TT, being a world championship round, which upset a lot of British uh, fans who sort of never really forgave him for being anti-TT. And uh, he, was kind of, he was rather overshadowed by Mike Haywood because they were both racing in the same era. Mike the bike was, you know, every fan's superhero. But Phil Reed, you know, seven world championships, um, an amazing motorcycling career, which, you know, fortunately he survived. Uh, where sadly, you know, last week we found out the death of, of Chrissy Rouse, who succumbed to injuries um, at Donington when it's the classic, you know, he fell and another bike hit him. The, the, you can't get away from that danger in bikes. Every see someone falling off in a pack of bikes, you're terrified they're going to hit. And sadly, that happened to Chrissy. I never really met him. He was very popular. He, he did a podcast with someone else. He was practically a real joke of the pack. He, I mean, he won a Superstocks title about two or three years ago, and he'd only just started doing British Superbikes. So, a real, uh, a real character, very sadly lost in the in the motorbiking community. Yeah, it is sad. It's it's, it's super sad. In, in cars, it, um, you've got that little bit of extra protection, but the bikes are so. We said every week, they're so these guys. They certainly, uh, yeah, they've made a very very strong. Well, our thoughts with all the family and friends of Chrissy and, and Phil Reed as well. Yeah. Um, before Formula One, we probably ought to mention the only other news is with the W Series has, as we were talking last week, uh, run out of funding. They won't be going to the USA or Mexico. They, they've crowned um, Jamie Chadwick the champion for the third year running. They say they're going to pay her another half a million dollars, even though they can't bust. Um, big talk, you know, oh, don't worry, we'll be back next year. Already mentioning maybe um, maybe more in Europe. And if they lose the Formula One platform, then they'll become a, an unknown regional championship. So... It was, it was a brave thing. I think it's pretty much over, but um, a very brave concept, which hopefully has ignited lots of young eight-year-old, nine, 12-year-old girls to maybe have a crack at karting and, and follow that way. But uh, I'm not sure what it's really achieved or what it will have achieved long-term when we look back at it. But yes, Jamie Chadwick is the champion again. Um, so, so Jamie, congratulations to her. Phenomenal. For, yeah, three times. If they do get it going in next next season, uh, and I hope they do for their sake, but uh, if they do get it going, 
maybe drop Jamie Trab- Chadwick. Jamie well, I hope she is going else. to Indie Lights. She's oh, had this she test Indie Lights. Uh, she's got one and a half million dollars. I've already spent half her money already on buying a flat in London. So um, she's not going to invest her own money in her motorsport career by the sounds of it. Man. Why, why would cool. you? If you've got the opportunity to do it with Well, I know. Good for her. Why would she want to be running 23rd in the Formula 3 when she can be winning every weekend and having the great <laughs> glamour around the world in W Series? So she's a clever girl and... Um, Good do you know what I'm up as seeing? And I, I, I'm going to be the old grumpy man shouting in the clouds. I'm fed up as seeing people uh, saying, why aren't there any girls in? Why aren't there any ladies in mm. Formula 1? Um, this is an outrage. This is this completely unrelated to W Series. And it's it's not about uh, exclusion of, of any sex or gender. <laughs> it's ability. It's simple as that. And Well, maybe not with Latifi, but uh, it typically... Well, as I said last week, you know, Kay Peter was winning races in Brooklyn before the war. You know, this, there was all, there was encouragement for women pre-war uh, of Brooklyn. You know, Desiree Wilson, I raced against in Formula One. She had as much opportunity as I did. Uh, that was the British Formula One series. But, you know, she's really good. She's probably the best female driver I think I've ever seen. Uh, Sylvester Simone, you know, keeps on getting IndyCar rides because she's a woman and they want a woman at Indy. Um, and, you know, um, the, the, the Argentinian, Brazilian, Chilean girl who's been doing Indy Lights and Formula 2, why, why I always start a story and forget the name? I always do this. Apologies again. You all know who I mean, but she hasn't got anywhere yet. So when a young, talented female driver starts winning a car championship, maybe a national single-seater championship, as Desiree Wilson did in South Africa, you know, there will be girls coming through, but uh, they have to. Be, we have to find the very, very talented ones first. Okay. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Move on let's start move on to some with loads to talk about. Where do well, we start with Formula One? Because it was just the most bizarre weekend ever, I think, in Suzuka, of course, uh, which all the drivers love. It's a funny track because it's a very fast track, but it's not anywhere really to overtake, especially no. when it's wet. wet. Um, and there's no DRS. Track, yeah, track position was, was really talk about the race first and then talk about everything that went wrong. Maybe. Okay. So it was a very entertaining race. I mean, we're lucky we got a race. Um, you know, Verstappen's move on the first lap of the first start was pretty amazing to hold on around the outside of Leclerc, you know, and then, of course, chaos went off and it all stopped. It was red flagged. Um, but the race itself was actually fairly entertaining because we had those sort of battles, didn't we? We had... Um, well, obviously, Verstappen disappeared out front. But he but did, had, you, yeah, say, you say that, and he did finish a masterclass 20 seconds, seven seconds in front. Um, but Leclerc was right behind him for, you know, the first yeah, yeah. sort of uh, uh, six or seven laps. So, and there weren't it's that many. If Ferrari wears its tyres out, that's what Leclerc was saying at the end of the race with yeah. the Perez battle. You know, it seems that, and also the previous Grand Prix in, um, in Singapore, where he was with Perez, wasn't he, that all of a sudden... He just dropped away the, 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 the Red Bull can make its tyres last longer. But there were some great battles. I mean, as I said, Perez Leclerc, then Ocon and Hamilton. Ocon drove a great race, holding off Lewis, who never really seemed to make a move, but was always there. Then we had this wonderful battle between Vettel and Alonso. Because um, at one stage, we had the three world champions, weren't they? Well, they finished in that order, didn't they? Finished Hamilton, Vettel, Alonso, three former world champions battling away. Uh, and Alonso, this last-minute um, tyre change, he put on some fresh um, uh, intermediate tyres and clambered back up three or four three, places. Three seconds a lap faster Vettel. than yeah. Russell and, and Vettel and most of the field. And I uh, wonder whether Lewis should have done that, actually. I know it's a lot of track position and overtaking was different, yeah. but I wonder if Lewis should have maybe taken a bit of a chance because he couldn't get then, in front of George doing some good overtakes up at the Dunlop course. And George was... And he's now fourth in the championship now. So it was... An excellent eighth place for Latifi, because Latifi and Vettel were the first to sh- stop 
uh, for the intermediates, about one lap into the second restart, you know, they were all the intermediates, which is why they, they were elevated. Well, Latifi, you know, you know, you can't rubbish Latifi in a city. I know he's not maybe good enough to be a brilliant Grand Prix driver, but as with Ralph Schumacher, you know, they have these moments. They're very, 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 very good drivers. Uh, and to keep it, his car on the road in those conditions, Latifi needs, you know, a great slap on the back, eighth place. Um, <laughs> But of course, the, the Vettel Alonso uh, battle leads us to the first FIA cock up, or whatever we want to call it, um, before we even get to the points. Because quite a few teams thought there was one more lap to go. Because apparently, um, Verstappen got to the finish line six seconds before the two hours were up. So there should have been another lap and another lap, not just another lap. So quite a few teams were telling their drivers, keep going, we're not sure the race is over. Uh, Alonso's team, Alpi, were raging because they were convinced they had one more lap to get by Vettel um, and maybe even catch up with um, George or whatever was ahead next. Not George, who was behind them. Anyway, so that was the first catastrophe of the FIA, who didn't seem to know when the race was going to stop. Then the points... We all thought, no, he hasn't won the championship. And then someone dug up a rule they made back in... I don't know why none of the Formula 1 teams... They're usually pretty good at checking rule books. Yet apparently the rule was slightly changed for points back in May of this year or even earlier. After that, they were sort of related it back to what happened at Spa where they sort of gave half points for three laps. So they thought they'd better give more for three quarters. I don't know. But anyway, there seemed to be a huge misunderstanding as to who had how many points. Also, how many laps will have to go. And then we go back to the truck coming on the track. Well, let's, let's just stay on the points for a moment because the whole way through, you've got these commentators, Crofty, um, who, by the way, he made a couple of howlers. Every, you said about Ocon and Hamilton. He kept saying, every time on the straight, he kept saying, this is Lewis Hamilton's chance. He's really close now. He's really close. And every time, oh, it hasn't got the straight line speed. <laughs> every time. It was just, and Jensen Button was really a, a masterclass. He kept saying, yeah, but he can't overtake because the Red Bull pulls away because there's no DRS and the Red Bull's fast and straight line. But he was, Alpine, this Alpine. is his chance. This is his chance. No, it's not his chance because he can't overtake. He hasn't got... And then all through the race, bless him, because he knows his stuff, he knows his stats and, and he's got a producer in his ear as well. The whole stop. way through, he's saying about uh, the points. It's going to be... They're, they're, they're going to be reduced points the whole way through. Reduced points, reduced points, reduced points. Surely, surely somebody within Sky Sports should have just said something in his ear and say, actually, no, rule number, blah, 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 blah. Because it was just so confusing. And it just, even Max Verstappen, when he was told that he, he'd won the championship, every, the whole thing was so confusing. So the point... You go back to Leclerc as well. That was another thing. That was the points that gave him. Of course it was. Got yeah. the and love, like, like, <laughs> luckily... I've been banging on about this on this podcast about if you go through the chicane, keeping your place, you've gained an advantage because you haven't crashed. You know, you've, I've said this scenario in Canada, you split you outbreak yourself so you don't get overtaken, take the skateboard, come back on, and I haven't gained an advantage. And thankfully, the stewards finally said, well, of course you have. You would yeah. have crashed. Yeah. Um, but it goes back to Leclerc. Again, another sort of weakness that he has of making these errors because he defended brilliantly against uh, Perez. He seemed to have it all under control. His tyres weren't going off. But you know, all the previous laps, first up at the tight hairpin, he stayed the wide line, the quicker line. And Perez kept on coming at half length up the inside. It's a bit like a NASCAR move on the banking. Um, but always Leclerc got the better traction on the way out to so take the wider line. Um, but on that last lap, it's like a sort of young novice 
he was like panicking, I think, you know, he's waiting. He's thinking, okay, Perry's going to try some dive bomb on me now. <laughs> so on that last time, he actually took the tight line into the hairpin the first time he'd done it, which sort of didn't work out that well. And then coming up to that final chicane, he had a reasonable, you know, Perez wasn't actually even nosing up to his gearbox. And yet he's going to dive at me. He must have been checking his mirrors. If he just break, break, break the previous 10 laps, he would have made it to the chicane and held second place. So he does have this chink of making errors when under pressure, under stress, which I think he's going to have to clean up if he's going to be a world champion in the future. But you, but you um, say that you say that about him, which I agree. But it's also the same with Vettel. I know Vettel's matured massively this year, and he and he's become a, a phenomenal world champion, helped by a lot of the teams not even pushing him. But um, but it, but, but he never really liked pressure. So it'd be quite interesting if he gets some pressure next season or at the end of this season, how he uh, how he, he held up a lot so well though. Yeah, he, he had a really good he had a really good Japanese Grand Prix Vettel. You know, oh, amazing! Last at the first quarter of the first bit of the race to end up there. But yes, the, the, the track after science crane, again. The crane on is, track. Oh, I mean, he, it's just, he just beggars belief. I mean, surely the stewards have a control box that speaks to all the marshals' posts. You know, and, and the marshals are all told, you know, you only go when we say go. Because we've seen so many times, you know, we're all, where a car's just parked by the gate, we're all saying, go on, go out, drag it back, you know, forget the safety car, just nip out there, boys, pull the car through the gap where the car's parked. But they don't, they all stay there until they're told they're allowed to go. And it, it was just, I mean, especially, you know, with, the, with you know, what happened to Bianchi, you know, happening in Japan, it just... But, it, but then on the other the hand... Vis- visibility was awful. It wasn't just the crane on track, by the way, it was the marshals on track as well. Um, and well, was a place. penalty for... for uh, well, I'm, I was about to come to that because although, you know, the Japanese organiser, the steward, should be in big trouble for allowing that to happen, I'm glad that Gasly was penalised for going too fast. Because I think nowadays we, we put all the pressure on the organisers to keep us drivers safe. You know, we, ne- we never do anything wrong. You know, and I go back to, you know, I'm guilty of this in several occasions. You know, the wave yellow flag, I've been done for speeding in the zone, um, means slow down and be prepared to stop. And if actually us racing drivers obeyed the wording of that rule, we wouldn't need virtual safety cars or pace cars or anything, you know, if we actually kept our own marshals safe. And it has to be said that Jules, you know, I know it was a terrible, terrible accident, but he was pressing on, trying to catch a car in front, you know, through a wave yellow flag zone, you know, when he aquaplaned off the road. Um, so I think us drivers need to be slapped a bit, like Gasly was, you know, when we but- disrespect... You know, what There's we no should question. Do. If you slow down in a Caton race or any race, I'm not saying Caton race, any race, if you slow down uh, yellow flags, you get mugged behind you because yeah. people, because people, everybody does it. So so and and if you if you're a racing driver and you want to win, you think, oh, I've got to push it a little bit harder because yeah. otherwise they're going to come up behind me and mug me when when there's a green flag. So, so, so I'm we have to feel yeah. responsibility. I do. I do feel a responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was, I mean, just just awful. FIA awful. And then they're coming out, cap in hand, saying, we're listening, we made a mistake. A um, bit like the British government here. You know, we, we're listening to you, we got your feedback, and we're going to do something about it. Oh, no, it should never have happened in the first place. That's why you're paid millions and millions to manage this wonderful sport that we love. And then finally we come to the, the budget. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? And they on? delay it from a Wednesday to a Monday. What's that, four days? So they haven't got the answers. They so had, of course done. they had the answers. They wanted to get yeah, Japan out of the way first. I'm melting down because they've given it a minor, a minor 
uh, overspend. And a minor is defined as, as 5% or below. But they haven't said how much. I mean, some people are saying, well, it could have been 100,000 pounds or it could have been 7 million pounds within that 5% bracket. It yeah. could be seven. They must know. Why release a minor without saying what the flipping number is? The, the number must be somewhere. They must know whether it was 7 million or 100,000 pounds. Why not give the public the number? So then we can all say, well, blimmin, that was seven million pounds. That gave them a big advantage last season and this season. But if 100,000 pounds, you know, okay. Or three, or three pounds more. 50 uh, might've bought them a pasty or something. So <laughs> what, what is a minor? Because there's a big difference. Because it could have been, it could have been 10 quid. Yeah, yeah or it could have been seven. And I just tell the public more, you know, I mean, one, one <laughs> the Dutch used to saying there were, there were free lunches have been charged or something it's like they're trying to get away with it obviously red bull are appealing it they're saying we still don't think we did but let's not get, let's not mention christian horner this this podcast <laughs> let's just move on from him this podcast i think twitter does its thing with with understanding but you that. know i can't believe that you know mercedes and ferrari are going to take it like down. they're just going to shovel this down the road until christmas and then they'll tell us you know they've been fined there was a tweeter i forget your name mr twitter i hadn't even thought about it it's a weight penalty I saw that. Because I think, um, you know, point deductions, they'll, they'll always be looked back and say, well, just deduct enough to keep from controversy and, you know, never have any real effect. Um, then they have the fines. Fines are completely useless, you know, in Formula One, the money they've all got. And unless, you know, I suppose you might take it off their next year's budget, maybe what they'll say, that we included in your next year's budget. Be a weight penalty. And then it could be for every million, you know, you overspend, you get another kilo of weight or 10 kilos, which will then handicap your car for a whole season rather than a fine or points deduction. So I think I'd rather like that idea. It's quite a simple way. Right, boys, you're going to have to carry 10 kilos around for next year. <laughs> but then they'll just say, oh, we're not going to race this year because we're, we're not going to be competitive. So we're not going to race. Oh. But Tiff, Tiff, this is a sport that is is measured in the most finite of detail, the, the mm. minuscule of, of detail. So Lewis Hamilton in Brazil last year, his DRS yeah. spoiler was 0.2 of a millimeter. How many people are tweeting that? And he was. But it's true. The... It's a. It's not because it's Lewis Hamilton. It's just a brilliant example <laughs> yes, of, yeah. of showing. Okay, we're how not Lewis Hamilton fanboys. How this is measured. Though. Yeah, this is measured in the finite of uh, of detail. So it, it, you can't allow it because whatever it is, whether it's a, the sandwiches or the coffees, it doesn't yeah. matter. You've overspent. So, but, <laughs> but how much is it? So we can make a. It's yeah. make a. a, a yeah. An opinion. And sadly, poor old Max. I mean, he's driven brilliant this year. The Red Bull's fantastic. But it's he's fantastic. Won he's won 12 of the 18 races. He's just been phenomenal. But, but it, once again, wherever he starts he in the race, he wakes up on Monday morning with his world title clouded by, you know, amount of controversy. You know, I bet he's looking forward to winning the championship without a single bit of controversy going on. Poor man. I mean, he, he drove pretty. He's, he's class. He, I mean, show poor old Perez up again. So Checo was, was moaning last week as well, because they South Americans and Mexicans, he's getting unfairly criticised, bringing the race into the debate. No, Checo, you criticise, because in qualifying, you're normally about half a second slower than the guy in the same car. And the only two races he's won is when Max has been stuck at the back of the grid or, you know, behind him at Monaco, you know. So, uh, you know, in race, you know, you're 30 seconds behind Max in the same car, you know. So he's doing a great job in the best car. He's um, not doing a great uh, job. He's always half well, a second behind in qualifying, yeah. as you just said, and he only wins if Max has a, 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 yeah. a problem. 
So he's not doing a great job because you, your number two driver should always be there to support you. So you can work out your strategy. So you can work together. He's not. And then when they get a one-two, and it was a fluky one-two because Claire, yeah. Claire went over the uh, the chicane. When they get a one-two, it's all over Twitter and saying, "Oh yeah, teamwork. One-two. We did this." No, you didn't. You got it on the last corner because another driver made an error. It wasn't because look, you were look, working together. We've already upset Dutch people. We don't upset Mexican people too much as well. No. Well, I don't mind. I don't mind upsetting no, anyone because it's 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 no. our opinion or well, my opinion I, anyway. Um, so all that going on with Formula One, we still don't know where we are, and we won't know for a while. Um, but anyway, Max Verstappen, double world champion. Let's see what happens next. When <laughs> he next can't say double world champion because now we'll get you'll get. <laughs> People saying he's not world champion because Abu Dhabi 2021. Where are they going next? It, they're going to uh, Circuit of the Americas and then oh, yes, Mexico. Good. There's only good four track. races left. Um, but Max yeah. is Max for sure is going to break the record of 13 wins in a year. He's on 12 yeah. already. Um, and an absolute masterclass. Um, yeah, where, wherever he starts, whatever whatever opposition's against him, he is just he is he is as I've said many times, he's really matured this year. Right, let's move on from Formula One. British touring cars—they've also crowned their champion this weekend, and that sounded like I didn't see any of the racing. I just read the stories. It sounded like a fabulous uh, three races around the Brands Hatch Grand Prix circuit, you onto a proper circuit. I saw one little clip of, of Ash Sutton with half his car broadside going out the <laughs> fastest corner, Hawthorns on the dirt, the back of the car, the dirt. Amazing, close, pushing, shoving. But Tom Ingram uh, had the pace all weekend uh, to uh, claim his first championship. And he was one of the guys we said on our first podcast this year, we'd like to see Tom, a new winner. Uh, he's worked so hard, Tom, to get the sponsorship together, to get into touring cars, to get that drive, to get the car sorted. And uh, so I'm delighted that Tom won by 12 points from Ash. Ash, a great champion, gave the number one onto the car. That um, he was one point ahead of Jake Hill, the other youngster that we hope. Hope his money's come through. The stories in the press about Rokit owing millions and billions to um, sponsorship deals they haven't uh, paid for. So I hope uh, that's not going to be a problem for Jake going into next year. And but it's course- a real sense, reverse point. So that's why, you know... Yeah. Tom had that lead, but, you know, if he just got pushed off in the reverse grid turn one, you know, he, he loses the title to, to Ash, you know, so it must have been an incredibly tense drive for Tom. And it, I like the fact that they went to the final round despite not having all the weight penalties because it was a proper meritorious season with the, um, the only change being that sort of bit of extra boost for whatever in their, in their um, electric engines. So, yeah, really good championship this year, I look to it, and, and all congratulations to Tom Ingram. Well, and we've got to congratulate, or not congratulate, we've certainly got to uh, acknowledge your your mate, Jason Plato, because... Oh, we forgot. Yeah. As he or hasn't he? Will he or won't he? I don't know, Jason. <laughs> he might be sneaking back. He'll in. come back. He'll do a race. It's such a shame. Yeah. 97 wins uh, and yeah, uh, no. didn't quite get that 100, which, which fam- he was able to get this year. We, we said at the beginning of the year, no disrespect, Jason, but you're not going to get your 100th win. And we, uh, yeah, no. But his engine, he had the wrong engine this year. You <laughs> see, that's why he's got to give himself one more year because he was stymied. He had the wrong engine. He didn't have the right donkey under that bonnet where he was moaning about it. That's it. Yeah, amazing career. You know, I hope he goes on and does some GT racing at Le Mans and Sebring. And I mean, he's looking to do that sort of thing. I think he needs to get away from the hurly burly whirly touring car world. 
I, I, I think it'd be great if he does, because he's a character as well. He's um, yeah. clearly an exceptional driver and, and he's a good character as well. Did you see that, um, for those who, I didn't see it, but I just saw the clip, it, one of the support races in the Porsche Career uh, Cup of, at uh, Brands Hatch, going down Paddock, which is a huge undulating hill down. Um, uh, Will Martin got a little tap behind, a little love tap behind going down Paddock. And uh, oh, that could have been nasty. So he veered off to the right, up Ooh. over the tyre walls and the marshes. No. Marshals, which of course, yeah, only eighteen months ago, lost a, a marshal at Brands Hatch. Yeah, had Brand, to Brand. run for cover because the car went over the top uh, where they were. So very lucky that nothing happened there. So was, yeah, pr pretty awful stuff. But BTCC, amazing. Paul O'Neill, he's a good lad. I got to say, he's. Uh, I like his commentary and Steve Ryder yeah. as well. So well, the whole team, you know, Tim Harvey. It's yeah, a really well, Tim is like, the whole mate, thing, yeah. you know, is just Steve Ryder fronting it. It's just got the perfect commentary and uh, presenting lineup. Long may it stay the same. I hope they don't do what um, may maybe some channels have done with you and <laughs> start thinking Steve Bright is a bit too old. I hope they don't do that and become ageist here because you're still, you're still <laughs> Silver young. Silver Fox. You need some young, shouting, punchy presenter to open the show. I've got a BTTC. <laughs> yeah, go on. No. Welcome to British Touring Car Champions. That's right. Um, well, so, Superbikes, yep. they're still cracking. They've still got three more rounds to go. The bikers run late in the season, like, as Formula One does. Uh, two wins for Razgatliogu down at... Where were they? Bat they were at, um, Bat Batislu or something? Where, is that what it's called? I forget Bat what it was. Now, the Algarve. They're in the Algarve. That wonderful... Put them out, weren't they, this weekend? Yes. Anyway, two wins for Razgatliogu. One win for Bautista, who still seems to be going to hold that title. Looks... But I mean, those, I think Jonathan Ray got all three third places. Or he had a one second and one third. But those three riders, Ray, Rez, Gaglioga, about just seemed to fill the podium for every race, every weekend. It's incredible how they've got ahead of the rest of the field and nobody else seems to be challenging them. Um, NASCAR, NASCAR, drama. <laughs> so, drama. So, in, so in NASCAR, am I right in saying that it's down to the last... 12 now and, and, and eight, Dad, last like, eight. We oh, lost eight. four more. We lost four more. It's three races, then you lose four more. Okay. And was it, was it exciting? Went, I know it was at Charlotte, but was it exciting? Out went <laughs> the reigning champion, will not be champion this year. Wow. As Carlos. Wow. Number five. In the right place, he had enough points in the bag. You know, we overtake the position, you change again one point. Tap the wall with 12 laps to go with the rear of the car, broke the toe link into the pits, one of the mechanics, amazing job, got him back out again. He was then running with enough points to still transfer to the last eight. It's all so close. He still had enough in, in hand. But right towards the end of the race, they had a, a, a yellow flag for debris. And the only thing that would change um, him not staying in was if one of the drivers behind him in points won the race. Because if you win, you're straight through. So Christopher Bell, who had hardly any points, stopped for new tyres. I think it was about, I don't know how many laps to go, 12 laps to go or something. Put a new set of tyres on, came out in about, I think he came about 10th place overall. And the next 10 laps, including yet another yellow flag, he barged his way through and won the race, which pushed him through into the playoffs and put Larson out. In fact, Larson only lost out going through by two points. And he was pushed out by um, Chase Briscoe. So eighth in the points now going through is Chase Briscoe. He's only two points ahead of Larson. But in the, there's more controversy because in the last um, 
two or three laps, his teammate, I forget his teammate, his, no, I forgot the team, anyway, his teammate started acting ahead of him, barging, making gaps. So Briscoe was like gaining two or three places in the last lap and gaining two more places is what put him two points ahead of last. I mean, that's drama. You've got to admit, that's drama. <laughs> it is drama. <laughs> the Larson's out along with Suarez, Sindrick and Bowman. The eight remaining drivers go forward now to Las Vegas. Three races to see who will go to be the last four. And then it's a winner eight takes all finale. Of course, they're all racing within the whole field still. Everybody's still racing. So in the last round, it'll be the first of the four survivors. Sorry, where's the last round? Um, Homestead, I think. Miami, I think. Okay. Not sure. They're off to Vegas next. I'm not sure where the next one is. But I mean, you know, it is. I mean, there were, there were people getting shoved out of the way, left, right, and centre. Um, Alban Digo used to race IndyCar, was leading. He was shunted out of the way. Then whoever took his place got shunted out of the way. Yeah, there was a lot of nudging and nerfing, which happens at NASCAR, and they seem to allow it and then let the other drivers get their own back at the next race. The last and out. Wow. The number five. Number five. He's gone. So, so a very interesting week. Uh, Formula One dominating, FIA dominating. FIA dominating, yeah. I mean, just give us the facts. They must, there must be a number in the book. You know, Red Bull. I mean, Red Bull appealing. There'll be courts. Ferrari will appeal to the appeal. And then Mercedes will appeal to the appeal to the appeal. And then there'll be a $2,000 fine. That'll be it. Well, it, well, it or a $20,000 fine, which, like you said, it doesn't matter. Who cares if there's, they, they don't mind about uh, paying fines. I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, lots of speculation are going to take points away. Lewis is going to be crown champion. That's never, ever, ever going to happen. <laughs> if they were going to do anything about Lewis, it would have been done sometime ago <laughs> in the right way. Um, next week, we've got some amazing racing next week. So we've got MotoGP from Phillip Island. We've got to British Which is GT. spectacular circuit on Tasmanian yeah. Island and Australia. Really fun. It'll probably favour the Ducatis because, of course, we've got um, <laughs> the French guy um, leading the championship by just two points. With French guy the, without a French-sounding name. And, uh, yeah, well, yes. Oh, come on. Come on. You're supposed to help me with these names. I suddenly have these... <laughs> I'll tell you in a second. Um, so British yeah, decider at Donington then you just mentioned NASCAR at Las Vegas but the biggest spectacle this weekend two uh, world class tracks Silverstone and Spa Francourt um, how do you say that Tiff? Tiff? what's at Spa then you're at, you're at Caterham's you're at Silverstone yeah but only Academy and Road Sport then the big boys the uh, 270s the 310s and the 420s they're off at bloody Spa go to your motorbikes we can't end this. You can't end this. Have you got, without... have you got the name? Why do I forget names? It's just <laughs> ridiculous. So if you are in the UK and you want to come and watch some proper racing, Saturday and Sunday, it's a triple header this weekend, plus a Super Bowl. Come along to Silverstone and cheer me on. I need all the help I can get, I can tell you that. But it's, it's not <laughs> the GP circuit, sadly. It's only the international. So it's a real shame you miss out the whole Cox magazine. Cops, Why maggots, have... Beckett, which Why I love that. Quattararo. Um, yeah, I was just about to say Quattararo. <laughs> uh, so on the bike side of things, Quattararo and, um, uh, and our respects as well, obviously, um, to Phil Reed. Uh, yeah. See you next week. Cheers.